Welcome to the Wild at Heart podcast here in the week of June 26th. Alan Arnold and Morgan Snyder in the studio with part three of a series we've titled Who We're Becoming. But before we go into that, we're just going to open, as we always do, with a moment to center ourselves, to pause, and to just breathe. So, Morgan, would you lead us in that? Love to. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we pause, we recover our breath right here and right now. God, we invite you to slow us down to the speed of soul, that we could align our heart with your heart, our thoughts with your thoughts, our imagination with your imagination. God, so often I I just confess that my living has exceeded the pace of soul. So I pray for a soul's pace and a soul's portion for each of our listeners. We give everyone and everything to you, God. We release what we're carrying and we receive this time as nourishment We receive this time as manna from heaven, that you would not only sustain us, but you would strengthen us in our inner being. God, that you would come and refresh us in weariness, that you would increase our confidence in places where we feel insufficient. God, that you would increase our hope, giving us a fresh anticipation expectation of the good things that you are bringing. God, we ask that you would allow us to experience you at the center of our story. You are the author. You are the perfecter of our faith. We ask that you would come and anoint this conversation afresh, that your spirit would blow, that your life would refresh us and that you would give us treasures for our hearts on this day. Amen. So here we are in week three. And Morgan, if Craig were with us, I have no doubt he would say something to the effect of, we've saved the best for last. (laughs) (laughs) That is so good. You're right. He would say how amazing his story is that we were, you know what he would talk about? Because I took my wife to a comedy club a couple of weeks ago. We, yes. you know, we we go for joy dates, and the deal is no big conversations, no big ones good, no big ones bad. We choose fun. So I love comedy, and they're those opening acts, right? Right. That you know, they they get a couple free drinks and a free audience, <laughs> and they're not that great. But you got to start somewhere, right? So McConnell would say Snyder, that that was pretty good, and and Alan even better. You opening acts, but here's the main liner. Oh, yeah. Here, here, here it comes. We were the prelude. We were the appetizer (laughs) for the main course. Oh my gosh, McConnell. I miss that guy. Listeners, some of you know Craig really well. Some of you don't. And one of the goals I have as the producer of the podcast is every year to get a couple of episodes that Craig had done from the past in front of you because I want to keep his voice present and alive, his humor, just the joy of who he was and the brilliance of his insights. I mean, 
he really was a man of heart, great heart. And in Morgan, one of my best memories of Craig isn't just a memory, but it's the way that almost every day he would find time to walk around the outpost and he would just stop in everybody's doorway and sit down on the couch or a chair and either tell a joke, mm-hmm. rib you over something that he thought was still hilarious that happened a year or two ago, or he would want to know how you were doing. And he would listen so well. Like he he really heard and you really felt seen when you were around Craig. So that's one of my best memories of him is just every time I was in his presence, I left feeling closer to God. Whatever was troubling me wasn't really as heavy as I thought it was. And uh, I just loved him so much. And so I'm just thrilled that people today are going to get to hear some of the story of who he was because shortly after this recording, like within the next year, Mm -hmm. he was going through the struggle of his life with cancer. Mm -hmm. And shortly after a year from this recording, he had gone into the kingdom. Yeah, we recorded this series nearly a decade ago. And in the recording, we were reflecting on the transformation over the past decade. So we're looking at nearly two decades. And one of the things that stood out for me, Alan, is that Craig at the time was observing a lot of angst of having these young daughters that were getting married Mm -hmm. and just becoming wives and moms. And he's living this sort of new story, this new chapter with these son-in-laws. And he's in this angst of, you know, how do I offer what I've received and how do I hold it all loosely and let God have his way, which I just always loved about Craig. that He just had this openness, this confidence that God will have his way. And after I listened to the recordings, I went back and listened to Fresh to actually a Become Good Soil podcast I did with his son-in-law, Jared Sayers. So on the Become Good Soil podcast, episode 128, it's called The Salt Life. And I really encourage you guys to listen because Jared has become a wholehearted man entrusted with much and many, and he's standing on Craig's shoulders. But all that to say, this mark is so important to practice looking back over a decade in order that we can have perspective as we look forward in the phrase I often use, to live in the day and measure in the decade. And Craig, much better than I, was able to live in that sort of posture. I have a picture of him up on my door from when he was younger and just find myself remembering not only who he was, but the impact that a couple of well-chosen words from a life well-lived is still having on me today. Um, But mostly I smile when I think of him. And we're going to just dive into his story right now, letting him tell it. And I think that this will be something you savor. Here's Craig McConnell. Craig, today you are in the hot seat. We want to look at your life and talk about your last 10 years. Where would you like to start when you think about this last decade? Well, you know, having listened to the two of you men just share your story, I was so aware that you just had the opportunity to 
share just a bit of your story. You know, it would be great to take the time to hear so much more of what God has done with each of us. But as I look back at the last uh, 10 years, five of them have uh, involved cancer. And and that kind of um, tips the scales in terms of the 10 years of uh, it feels like the last five have been 10 years total mm-hmm. or 12 or 15. So, you know, God has used cancer to um, take me places I wouldn't go otherwise, to speak to me uh, in ways I would have never chosen or thought that he would. And I'll stand by my statement that I'm, I'm a better man now than I was five years ago, primarily because of what he's done in me and to me, with me, in the season of uh, season of cancer. So, I think that's the kind of the big dominating um, thing I would say the last ten years has involved and kind of uh, been all about. Craig, it's interesting to hear you frame it that way because, of course, cancer has been this external part of your reality and how we've done life with you. But it's interesting because as Alan posed that question to you, I went to the same place in my heart observing your life over the last decade. And while cancer has been a circumstance, there were two other pieces that felt like the Spirit just brought up to the surface. And one is I've gotten to observe you and Lori launch your girls into full-blown adulthood where 10 years ago they weren't married, Mm -hmm. they didn't have children, and they were still out of the nest but still young Mm -hmm. gals. And now they are vibrant, energetic, and filled with life, with holy marriages and too many grandchildren to count. So I've gotten to observe you becoming in that role, and it's been such an amazing piece. And the other pieces over the last decade I've gotten to walk as a younger man with you being truly an elder and a father and a sage in the kingdom of God that's just grown so much in stature where there's just been this maturing that I've felt so much strength to be under and not only in my life but observing so many people in this ministry who have grown and been strengthened and nourished as you've grown in this role of elder in the kingdom of God. So I I don't minimize the cancer one bit, but Mm -hmm. I just want to name, I've loved watching you grow in Mm. those categories. Such good words to hear. Thank you, Morgan. Yeah, when I say cancer has kind of been one of the predominant themes, I it feels like it's been in some ways the smaller story. It's not the large story. But to mention the girls and the beautiful adults and moms that Lindsay and Megan are and and then yes to um to know that the transition has begun from whatever I once was to um now cheering on a new generation of leaders visionaries and entrepreneurs and giving them support 
blessing and whatever words of wisdom I would have. That feels like the stage I'm at. Craig, what I've noticed in the last six, seven years, like no one can meet you and not sense the humor and the joy that you bring into a conversation that like that's front and center and it's obvious from an initial encounter to when people get to know you over time. But in the last few years, it really feels like your joy, it's like you lead with that in a real strength and you're so other focused that like if you're in the outpost, you're constantly engaging with somebody on the team, finding out how they're doing, and not just on a surface level, but where their heart is, what's going on in their world. You're speaking a word that changes the direction of their week. I mean, it really changes the atmosphere in the outpost when you're here Uh because of who you are and what you bring to other people. And it feels like, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but it feels like that that has been something that God has really used as a strength in you in that it's not just about making people laugh or being humorous or telling a joke, although that's a blast, but there's a real strength in that in you that you bring. You call out things in people in a way that others really, it's rare, and it draws people to you and it changes who those people are, you know, and you've done that with me and and a shift in my direction from productivity to understanding what it means to have a presence, to know God's presence and to, you know, to focus on that. And it was all done in a gentle but strong way that hadn't been spoken into my life before. So do you sense, like as you look back in the last decade, when it comes to just your ability to to bring joy and to pour into people, like I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. You've come such a long way, (laughs) Sal. It was with gentleness I pointed these things out to you. That's so good. You know what's funny? I think we could all share these stories is I learned early on that a great place to hide and a great false self to offer the world was the witty, humorous one who could manipulate people, conversations, a direction of a conversation away from vulnerability or some failure and adequacy on my part and humor uh, just came as a natural, a natural ability that kind of served that false self, duck and hide strategy that we all develop and use. And I remember as a young pastor, as a, uh, being much younger in the faith and in ministry, that people would often say, um, "Craig, you missed your calling. You should have been a comedian." And I hated that. I hated that. I hated that. You're kidding. That's the effect of my life is laughter or joy. I want to change people. I want to change the world. And and you think I ought to be a comedian rather than in the ministry, this pastor, young pastor. I hated that. But I I couldn't pull away from the fact that God gives me eyes to see things that are funny quickly and humorously, and I chuckle to myself a lot. So there's been these stages of something that I think is God put into me, wired into me, 
that I used to hide and still can be a part of a false self and uh, a strategy to duck and dodge life to now at this stage in life and realizing, oh my gosh, uh, there's so little joy in life and how essential joy is in terms of our joy being our strength, our joy being the fruit and the evidence that God is in us, that joy by its very nature is um, other-centered. And so I found myself being comfortable and enjoying the fact that I'm the Johnny Appleseed of joy around here. (laughs) (laughs) Get to spread my little pellets and... It's just great. It's I'm very comfortable with that part of who I am. And you know, it has its downsides and it's not always pure and it shrouds things, but it's also a gift and a needed quality and it's highly lacking in communities of Christians these days. McConnell, I'll tell you, if joy is a currency in the kingdom of God, you steward it in our fellowship because it is bloody battle. We're living in the front lines. We're fighting for people's hearts. And as all of the people listening to this podcast, if they're living in the kingdom of God, it's battle. And that's not the major theme, but it's the joy that buoys our hearts and helps us truly live in that band of brothers kingdom idea of we few, we happy few. And I love, as you're sharing your journey of that piece of the kingdom you've brought, that is one of countless stories where when we remember that mission, you know, much will be forgotten, but we Mm -hmm. won't forget the joy. Mm -hmm. I mean, laughter to tears to be around a roundtable of fellowship of men who really want to fight for something larger than themselves, and we get to feast on the currency of joy. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I mean— Don't you want more joy in your life, in your marriage, with your children, with your work? And don't you want just to sit down and have your Bible open or be praying and just chuckle at some of the things God is saying to you, the intimacy, uh, the direction he's going, as he gives you interpretation of what's going on. And you look at how he orchestrates things. It's just... The humor, the irony, his timing. There's just so much. There's so many reasons for joy to surface and to predominate. And we haven't even touched on all the things he's done for us and how he makes that real. Well, you know, when you think of eternity, there is no warfare and there is no disease and there is no but there are cinnamon rolls (laughs) (laughs) and churros i love churros (laughs) now i'm getting hungry uh but but what we're going to get to experience i think in that eternal time is joy like unbelievable unlimited undiluted joy and so craig like what you're bringing to us and what you're showing us of the father I think is a lot of the character traits and a lot of the celebration that we're going to get. We're we're getting a foretaste now that we'll get to just bask in mm-hmm. in eternity because we won't need to pray the warfare prayer right. in heaven. 
I don't think, you know? And so I love that about you and that you're bringing that part of eternity into our lives right now in a way few do because of that joy, the laughter, your phone. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm getting my joke of the day right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, don't you think the fruit of the Spirit, I'm beginning to think that the fruit of the Spirit, if um, God is present to varying degrees and levels and amounts, that those fruits are present as well, whatever the circumstances. And I think uh, that whatever the circumstances, if God is present in your life, there's going to be self-control, there's going to be patience, kindness, there's going to be joy. I mean, for there to be a lack of joy uh, just speaks of, I think, an absence of God, despite what we say. And I know there's, to say that doesn't minimize seasons of incredible grief, loss, pain, and so on. But to live a life that by and large is absent of joys is to be missing out on um, whole dimensions of God and his presence and the fruit he bears in your life. So, Crick, thinking about you and Lori, because I know— Oh, you, you're bringing marriage up in my right. talk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, how would she say you have changed in the last 10 years? Like, in terms of just being a husband and a best friend to each other? I have no idea. I have no idea. I hope it would be good. think it would be good. I mean, in the last 10 years— my growth hasn't eliminated the imperfections that are there and will always be there that most deeply affect those I love. And I'm aware of a million letdowns and moments that I wasn't there for her. I think the theme and the, the general course of my life would be she would comment in some ways about how I'm a better man, a better lover. But she'd have to be here to answer that because I have no idea. Craig, on that question, where does your heart go with the idea of what you would love for her to say? Yeah. Is there any particular response that your heart as husband would hope? Yeah. What I would love for her to say is um, probably with tears that she has been loved as she was meant to be. That's what I would love to hear, is that the love her father had always intended her for, to know, to experience, and to surround her. She has enjoyed and had both from a relationship with God and from me. So for her to just, to put it in the simplest words, that he has loved me, really loved me well. That's what I would love to hear. Alan, it's so fitting in just the poignancy of Craig's story that, again, as you said in the introduction, he was able to be uh, concise and have a few words that just captured so much like he shared with us in that intimate conversation where he had hoped and he wished 
that his wife, Lori, would be able to say, he has loved me well. And that's what's true of Craig's story. He loved well. He loved God. He loved people. He loved those entrusted to his care. And he finished the race. He kept the faith. And now he's gone into the restoration of all things. It's just a haunting moment to sit here with you and this empty chair. Yes. And just wish just one more day, one more laugh, him giving me shit one more time, <laughs> and him helping us to not take it all so seriously. Right. Um, not because there isn't true um, peril, but because God's presence is greater. God's provision, God's mercy is greater than that which we face that feels like it wants to drag us under. And so it gives me hope to visit these stories again. And I hope that our listeners, I hope that each of you can recover some place in your heart um, that God wants to access through this story. Yes. And I hope along with that, like as you've listened to the past three stories from Morgan, from me, from Craig, there's probably some parts that really resonated from one of those stories, perhaps one of the situations we found ourselves in, what we were struggling with. But beyond that, what we want to invite you in is to look at your life right now and think about the past decade. Where has God been at work? Where have you maybe been resisting God? Where have you been trying to still make it work on your own? And where have you seen some really beautiful growth? And where have you drawn closer to God? Because again, we're always becoming more or less of something. And so it's really helpful and just good for your soul to look at where has my story been and where is God leading me now? So we'll leave you there and we will be back next week with the new Wild at Heart podcast. Hope to see you then.